Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You're listening to Achtung Millwall, broadcasting from the beautiful South Birmingham. Accept no substitute. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the world-famous Actung Millwall. Delighted once again to be with you this week, navigating ourselves through the waters of uh, of, of Millwall. Um, are there waters in Millwall? There are. There are. Well, you know, the, the, the musty, murky waters uh, of, uh, of Zampa Road. Joining me this week, of course, the podfather himself, as he creeps further, edges closer to his 60th birthday, it is Mr Nick Hart. Greetings, dear listeners. Edging week by week, day by day, minute by minute. Mate, you were looking good on the old telly last night on Channel 4. <laughs> <laughs> you won't leave that alone, will you? You were looking good, mate. You were looking good, son. Double um, denim, you know, Paul. Yeah. Every, everyone upon everyone says, you look like him. You know, mate, just, you know, like... Do you want a look-alike agency? Maybe I should set myself up as a look-alike. Do it, mate. A nude look-alike, because we know you know you're big on the old OnlyFans. If you want it, it's OnlyFans.com forward slash Nick Hart. Um, with us as well this week, he's on a lunch break. It is Scalak, Mikey Hayden. You're right, pal. Well, very much, uh, listeners and gentlemen. Thanks for having me. Good to have you with us, pal. Good to have you with us. Sampling the delights of your fridge as usual. What you, what's your beverage of choice? My beverage of choice. Um, well, beer-wise. Um, you were on the Irish cream the other night, weren't you? I was on, yeah, I was on the Irish cream. Yeah, we had a situation where we were we were enjoying our drinks and obviously kicked out of the pub at the new uh, new times, and we still had a taste for it. So uh, the good old Tesco Metro was still open, um, and I do recommend their Irish cream. I've tried all of the supermarkets Irish creams, and Tesco's own is the finest. So you're welcome, listen. Nick, I, I do recall uh, popping in our little chat. The last time you had Irish cream was um, was was round the back of a bike shed, Galway. Hey, boom boom. I had to, I had to, I had to, I had to. The old doggy is. Uh, let's look back at the game at the Den at the weekend. The Lions' unbeaten start to the season continues in the league of course we'll finish middle one Brentford one chaps um a good advert for championship football it's such a cliche but it's true it was I thought it was a a great performance by the lines it was a good game if if you were a neutral I'm not a neutral Mike's not a neutral but if you were a neutral I'm sure that was an enjoyable game of football would you agree Mike I thought it was it was end-to-end stuff 
Yeah, it was fantastic. I mean, that that's the sort of rip-roaring performance that we want to see as Millwall fans. Um, it was certainly by far, I thought, the best performance of the season. Really exciting game. Um, yeah, yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it. And up against one of the contenders, you know, Brentford are one of the rated sides of the division. Uh, I thought, you know, I, I thought they had a lot of ball and a lot of possession, but they they carved out a few chances, probably not as many as they would have hoped to with that amount of talent and, 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 and time on the ball. I, I thought we, we the defence did a great job on Saturday in keeping them to a minimum. Yeah, we, we were excellent at the back, um, especially Alex Pierce, who's you know come into a little bit of criticism at times on this show, whether he's just being picked for his leadership skills or his actual footballing ability. But he was you know an absolute warrior, um, absolutely superb. And I think uh, that header towards the end where I think it was Ben Rama crossed yeah. in and um, he just headed it out. It was such a dangerous ball, but just to, to get that completely right and head it out, the way he did just summarise how good his performance was. The team seems to be settling. I mean, it's a bit like the restart. We, we were a little bit mm. um, creaky at the start, weren't we? We had that loss at home to the Derby back in back in um, June, I think it was, wasn't it? Um, I'm getting used to the no fans and the whole kind of weirdness of it all. And I think we've, we've started the season in a similar kind of creaky way, but I do get a sense that this team is starting to, 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 to come together now. And you're right, to pick Pierce out, I thought it was one of his best games, if not his, his best. Um, but also, I want to mention the whole defence, Mike. I thought mm. Cooper and, and Hutch did some fantastic work on Saturday to keep out a very, very good side. You know, they're, they're a decent outfit, Brentford. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely agree. I think the way Brentford play as well is obviously, you know, they, they came to win the game uh, and you can yeah. see that sort of the way that they were playing. And, and that, that does actually play into our hands a little bit. Um, and it's difficult, you know, when you play the likes of Stoke and Rotherham who are basically trying to get a nil-nil draw against us. And I think that relates to our performances in, in those games, that you know, very much huff and puff and, and so forth. But with a team like Brentford who try and play a bit more expansive football, that allows us to open up our game. Um, and I think you saw from the performance that we, you know, we can play that way, which was good. Saw that in the goal, in the move. I thought, yes, um, yeah. What a great move. What a great uh, thing to see Mason Bennett really starting to look the part. So I think that was a fantastic left-sided run and a beautiful little cross, actually, um, onto the head of... Jed, uh, Tim Cahill, Jed Wallace in, in the box to, <laughs> to head it home. That was, that was a thing of beauty, that goal. One of the best I've seen in a long time. It was. Yeah, we, we were fantastic. I mean, that first sort of five, ten minutes, we were uh, we came out of the block so fast. Um, Brentford just couldn't handle it. Um, I think it was, was it Jansen? Um, I think Bennett was up against and he yeah. had the beating with him several, several times. And um, we, we looked like we could have you know gone further ahead if we would continued to play at that intensity. Um, but yeah, the goal was fantastically worked and um, yeah, an unlikely headed goal from Jed Wallace I think I read that interview I think it was maybe the only third or fourth of his uh, whole career but um, yeah we'll take him however so uh, yeah thanks for that Jed. Yeah I mean Brentford claw their way back they're, they're, they're a kind of they're a funny side I, I want mm. to like them more than I do and I can't put my finger on why I struggle with Brentford um, they, they, they're playing the game the right way they've got good players um, but something in the there's a, there's a touch of the Crystal Palace about them. I, I don't know. It's, it's almost like a kind of... Um, <laughs> it sounds like an illness. Yeah, they, the they've got a touch Palace. of the Crystal Palaces, haven't they? <laughs> I don't know. Am I, am I being unfair on them? I mean, a very well-run side and they play the game the right way, but I just can't... They're just a bit, they're a bit of a nothing club, I kind of define them as, you know, 
what what is a Brentford fan? What does the club sort of stand for? I, I don't really know. Yeah, exactly. yeah. What is the point of Queens Park Rangers? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> there is no fucking point to Queens Park. Genuinely, I go there, and do you know what? I really like the ground. The rest of it, I just do not understand. Who supports Queens Park Rangers? Like from that part of London, you're like, really? Like it's just unnecessary. Just such a shit football club. Them. There's others though. There's actually others out there, you know, yeah. who are like crap. Just I, I don't know. There's always this thing that you're supposed to love Griffin Park because it had character. We've turned this mm. show into a hate, a hate fest of shit <laughs> You're uh, you're not going to be invited back on the uh, bees <laughs> podcast, I don't think, Nick. <laughs> let's, let's make sure Griffin Park was an old ground. Character, blah, 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 four mm. pubs on each corner. Three of them were never open. <laughs> and and it, was, it was just like, what's the point? But the ground was falling apart. Well, it was. Genuinely. And, you know, we, we've all been to terraced grounds. I mean, we, when we played in League One, we went to, Bre- uh, to Burton Albion. That's, that's, that's a non-league ground that's, that's kind of risen to high levels. But it's all right. You know, it's, it's a stand-up, small-scale venue. It's like going to, to Fisher or somewhere, you know. But Brentford has always spoken of in these kind of glowing terms, like it's some loss to to to, to football, and I never quite got it. Um, so I, I I don't I won't miss Br- uh, Griffin Park. I'm yet to see the new place at Kew Bridge. That looks that looks okay in a kind of a modern stadium kind of way, you know. It's better than the soulless bowls, isn't it? It's it's got more design to it. There, there was a video. I, I, I started to watch a video, but it went on for about half an hour. I thought that's a that's a long while to show off your new stadium. Yeah, I watch that as well. Yeah, it's not it's not Wembley. It's not like you know um, some uh, the Spurs ground where there's there's a lot to it and you know a lot a lot behind the design um, you know qualities of the place. But anyway, we should move along from Brentford. Um, the twenty minute twenty minutes the penalty. I. I, I mm. Some call that soft. I think Gary Rowett said it was a soft penalty. It did look like a penalty in, in in the replays. I mean, forwards will go down if you touch them in the back, Mike, won't they? Yeah, uh, and that's. I thought it was soft. Um, and I think as well is where the referee's standing when you see that incident as well. Yeah, you're seeing a, a, a striker in front of a defender and then a little nudge and go down. It just looks probably from the referee's perspective um, a clear penalty. But yeah, it's one of those. It's just a little a little tug or something and you know the player goes down and by the book it's a penalty but yeah you've seen you can get away with those sometimes but unfortunately we didn't on this occasion no nicely touched Ivan Tony wasn't it was he the XP yeah Yeah, they spent a lot of money on him yeah Yeah. man he went to Newcastle a few years ago him like when Newcastle was sort of signing players, he had a couple of good seasons at Northampton Newcastle signed him then seemed to loan him to like everyone and then um, he he ended up back at Posh, and obviously you know Barry Fry's got an eye for a player. He's managed to do deals, and he's, he's done a fabulous one in 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 selling uh, Tony to Brentford. He took the penalty very well. I mean, it's a well a well, mm. well placed kick and sent Bart the wrong way, and that was you know final. So I thought we did that well. I mean, other than that, I thought we we largely had him um, under control. I thought the, the, the defense praising the defense again. I thought we largely had him. Under control. The, the rest of the side created space. They they, they did look dangerous on occasions. Mm. Um, 
I think we were um, we were excellent, really, at the last ditch tackles and clearances because Brentford yes. got in some extremely good positions. I mean, I remember Scott Malone did a, a superb clearance. He just saw this cross come in and just cut it out. And I think there was another one, Ryan Woods as well, uh, made a sort of last ditch tackle. So they got in sort of the right areas without necessarily um, challenging uh, Bart. But I think that's credit to our defending that day, which was just um, superb. Uh, and they didn't really have a lot of, um, you know, clear openings, I suppose. When we did get forwards, though, Mike, I thought we looked very dangerous. I mean, the, the yeah. Marlon, Marlon hitting the post, obviously, in the, that was in the first half, wasn't it? On the, on the, on the move down the right. Um, yeah. Very unlucky. Very unlucky. It's great to see Marlon starting to get back to his best. You know, when, when Marlon's at his best, and now we've got Scott Malone looking very good on the other side, we do look like a threat going forwards. You know, if we do concede, mm. we look like we're going to score at the other end. Yeah, yeah. Romeo was um, excellent. Um, it's good to see he's fully fit now because I don't think he really was, was he, at the start of the season? Um, but yeah, now he looks like he's sort of back to his best and he was superb. Um, yeah, and I think obviously Scott Malone uh, has been a superb addition as well. Um, I think something that Harry said, it's not that Murray Wallace has necessarily done anything wrong, but they're clearly two very different players. Um, and now you can rely on someone like Malone to... Yeah, be more of a, a natural wing back uh, and um, that will improve Mason Bennett's game which you know we saw them linking up extremely well on, on Saturday. Absolutely I've got to raise chaps the the Tom Bradshaw question because oh. um, you know, that was a howler that he missed up in the mm. second half. A, a true striker gets those doesn't he? I mean that's the, I know you pay big money for players that can take those chances but Oh, that 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 was a big miss, I thought. And I, I don't want to particularly dig him out because I, I do see the work rate everyone, including the manager, praises him for. But you've got to look for more from your number nine striker. Yeah, agreed, Nick. And um, yeah, we, we can't, you know, he works so hard. Um, but ultimately, you know, just working hard and running around, it's not enough in this division. Um it was, I think it was a, he should have scored, uh, obviously. I think the first time I saw it, I thought, I thought, yes, he should have definitely scored. Second time, it kind of came in relatively quickly. But as you say, Nick, a, a striker in form, you know, puts that away. Um, the problem with him, I think, is his positional sense. Um, he just never seems to be kind of in the right place when a cross maybe comes in. I think even if you think about our goal, um, Jed Wallace comes from right wing to the front post to head that away. Yeah, now, if yeah. you're a centre forward, isn't that where you know you should be really? Um, so, so there are certainly limitations uh, to his game. And as I say, I feel for him because it's hard to dislike him because he works so hard. But maybe there's just lacking some quality with him. He does remind you of Lee Gregory in that he way. Does, yeah. You know, I know that, that's damned with. Um, Faint praise in a sense because Lee was a lovely bloke as well, wasn't he? he was much, much loved at, at the yeah. end, you know. Um, worked his socks off, looked better as he went along, um, but in the end, just didn't get the goals, you know. And you know, you, you look for that in, in your strikers. Sometimes you just need that nomadic striker to do the bizzo to go and actually just put a chance about. I know they're becoming sort of you know few and far between, and if you look at the actual market for those out-and-out strikers, it's very, very difficult to find. I just, I really think that's what they need. And and the club will go nowhere in terms of up this season if if they don't address that and, and go and get themselves a, a striker that are getting 15 to 20 a season. Mm. Well, this was what we hoped Troy Parrott would be, which is yet to, I'm sure we'll come on to Troy, but, you know, he was oh, the... 
Yeah, all singing, <laughs> all singing and dancing striker. You know, uh, supposedly could score all types of goals, um, which is yeah. You're talking about if you're you're the the only centre forward playing on your own up top, you need to be able to score all types of goals. Um, and obviously, Troy was uh, hopefully going to be that person, but uh, we'll see if we ever see him play. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's you know we mentioned um, he's, he's obviously injured um, from the the Burnley game talk online of him being out till November um, and he was he was the striker with the instincts uh, Mike you know like you just mentioned you know Jed makes the run into the position where the ball is like this to to be found and gets the goal well that's what you look for from Tom Bradshaw he's maybe not quite as this quality in the end isn't it I mean that's that's a that's a, a kind of a trait that you pay big money for uh, and that's supposedly what Troy Parrott was going to bring to the club but he does seem like he can't buy any luck at the moment um, which is a shame um, is, I mean, he's, yeah. he's only 18 um, still developing you hope that he, he doesn't want to get injured all the time he doesn't want to develop this sick note kind of um, reputation but if you're injured you're injured I suppose but you know it's a shame it is a shame. I mean, well, Rowett's came out I read earlier today in a, in a piece that Rowett quoted and just said you know Troy's you know devastated with being injured he he's, be. he's desperate to yeah he's desperate to play and you know that's that's what we want to hear as fans the last thing we want to hear is someone we don't hear anything um and he's just sort of sitting on the old um physio table with a no estimated return date but you know it sounds like he's chomping at the bit so let's hopefully he can get over this injury quickly and we can um yeah start to see him play for us i suppose it illustrates what a ruthless business football is or what a, a, mm. a hard business football is i mean an 18 year old boy he's a boy yeah, looking from the adult perspective um a couple of injuries a stomach injury i believe and uh you know now the ankle um and he's come here to make a name he's he's come here to get goals and to carve out a, you know a reputation hasn't he so he can go back to tottenham and hit the big time like Harry Kane did and like like others at other clubs have. Um, and, you know, incidents like this can really knock you back. Um, hopefully, he'll come back stronger in November. Let's, let's hope so, because he does look like he's got potential. Should we sign another striker, chaps? Do we need more than what we've got? 100, yeah. 100 million percent, Carl. 100 million percent. It's, it's got to be done. It's got to be done. I mean, obviously, limited time left now with the window. Yeah. We see if Mill will do anything. And then, obviously, there'll be that carryover time um, uh, where clubs sign free agents. And I think there will be a hell of a lot of free agents out there, boys. I mean, the thing is, if you sign a free agent, by the time they're fit, will Parrot be back and potentially firing? I suppose that's what they need to look at. But it's been pretty quiet on the transfer front. I mean, it sort of feels like we've done all of our business. But, um, yeah, as you say, I think another centre-forward we, we could do with desperately. Well, watching these well, first God, three games. Off, yeah. isn't it? Isn't top, right? yeah. top, top scorer, Matt Smith's out on the bench. I mean, it... Mm. Yeah. The, the the ways of the football manager's mind are are deep and mysterious, aren't they? And and not for the likes of us possibly to understand. But I find that quite an odd thing when you know I know I know I know Tom's bringing the work rate, the magic work rate, which Matt presumably wouldn't bring. But Matt knows where the back of the net is equally, doesn't he? Give him a chance, mm. he'll probably take it. He knows what the onion bag looks like. He does. He does. Yeah. He does. yeah. I don't know. I suppose I can see why he brought Bodvarsson on. Just apparently, I didn't see the game against Burnley, but Bodvarsson played very well. Um, and did. you know, you've got to you've got to give him a chance, I suppose. But also, 
when you play against Brentford, a side that are playing it out from the back quite a lot, you, you kind of need to obviously you know press higher up the pitch and defend a bit higher up the pitch. Um, and obviously, as you, you say, Smith's not really going to do that, whereas Bodvarsson at least can run around a bit. So I kind of got why he did it. But then again, you know, you put Jed Wallace plonks one on the head of Matt Smith, and we'd have won the game. So yeah, it, it's uh, that's why I'm not a manager because I wouldn't know what to do in that situation. So Smith, Smith is literally a battering ram. Yeah, I mean, if yeah. you look at him when there's a goal kick or a set piece played in, his movement and the way he just gets up, fuck, you know, it's like whoa, like you oh, just, he's a beast, yeah, mate. He's like a T Rex, you know, like, <laughs> you know, um, jumping in and 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 sort of getting in there, and and he is Millwall's most deadly outlet up front mm. right now. It's a shame because if you look at the names on paper, Bradshaw, Bodvars, and Smith. Troy Parrott, that's actually a really fucking good forward line, man. That's mm-hmm. a forward line that you should think to yourself, you know what, they can get promoted. That's a really good forward line. But the truth of the matter is, Bodvarsson won't give you those goals, neither will Bradshaw. Parrott's injured and Matt's just sort of carrying on its own. It's, it's, it's worrying. It's really mm-hmm. worrying. He's um, not getting the time, is he? He's coming off the bench, but late in the game, um, having, you know, having pursued, persevered, uh, better word, with Tom Bradshaw for longer than we three might have persevered with them in the game, but we're not managers, as you say, Mike. I mean, it's it's just... Um, I suppose Gary Rout would point at the league table. We're sitting, what is it, fifth at the moment? I know there's only three games gone. One win, two draws, and, you know, that's where you want to finish the season, that position. We've only scored two goals in three games. Um, so, you know, and that through Jed Wallace, both goals through Jed Wallace. Uh, not a... You know, not not kind of a you, you, your lead strikers. One of what they call him cricket, the gun. He's not a gun striker. He's not one of your main men in that way. He's a, he's a creator mm. rather than executor. Um, but at the moment, I suppose you know we're we're, we're on course as far as Gary Rowett's concerned. I don't know. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, we we definitely can't be disappointed with how we've started the season unbeaten in three. You know, defensively, we look excellent. Um, and, you know, obviously there's some questions about some of our uh, attacking nows. But, um, yeah, that hopefully we can kind of iron out those issues. But, yeah, overall, you, 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 you know, you can't be displeased with the start we've made, I wouldn't have thought. Um, especially, you get, you know, some tough pretty tough fixtures. I mean, Stoke, obviously we had who are you know, trying to improve this year. They've got a new manager in. Um, then a tough trip to Rotherham who have literally just come up. You know, always a tough place to go when a, a team's just got promoted and we won there. And then Brentford who lost in the playoff final last season. So, you know, I don't think you can complain about a return of uh, five points from those three games, certainly. No, no. I mean, I'm, I'm, it's heartening to see stories like the one on News at Den about the Gary Rowett, delighted that training ground graft is paying off, paid off against Brentford. You know, this does seem like a squad that likes each other. There does seem to be a real team spirit and a willingness to, you know, to, to, to start fast and to continue through the 90 minutes. It doesn't seem to be any bad eggs in amongst the squad. And that's always going to be a good thing at the den, in my opinion, even though there's no crowd in the, in the stadium. You need that solidarity amongst the side. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Achtung, Mailball. Moving on. Um, traps, the, the EFL is, is in somewhat of a crisis. Um, this is a really sort of fast-moving story. And, and, and it's amazing. There's talks of bailouts in the Premier League. There's talks of, of all sorts. What do you make of it? By the way, just to let you know, we also lost another football club this week. Probably Maxwell Town expelled from the National League. They're another club that's gone. Obviously, we lost Berry, um, Wigan still in administration, from what I understand. It's, it's a scary time for football. It is. It is. I mean, we've touched on this in previous shows, and I don't know that either Mike or myself could bring bring anything particularly new to the table again. But mm. um, you know, it's it, it is a scary time for the game. I I, I think I, I don't know how you feel, Mike. It's this lack of overriding vision. There's no one actually in charge. I sometimes wonder whether you know we look at politics generally in, in, around the world and people I think want to think of there being this kind of diabolical genius in, in charge doing bad things. If only they were, at least it's, it's, it's the rule of the incompetent, rule of the net. Yeah. The <laughs> problem know. is with it, I mean, that's it. Because there's, I mean, if you're talking about Premier, there's so many different people that need to agree basically, if there will be some sort of donation from the Premier League to the EFL. Uh, and there's so many different players involved um, and just so much, so many things that need to get sorted out for that to happen, you know, how it would happen logistically and so forth is just an absolute nightmare. Um, the, the only thing is, how, which might be a little bit more straightforward, but it sounds like Boris Johnson is uh, not that keen on his to for the government to bail some of the teams out, but obviously that would probably be a lot less money-wise than perhaps the uh, Premier League clubs can provide uh, other sides. Um, but yeah, it's it's a really difficult thing to sort out. I mean, I'm I'm sort of fuming though about Sean Dyche's quotes, which um, I can't remember if you covered in a previous. Uh, previous show but I mean you know he's talking he's comparing you know why why would we why would we help our, our sort of competition and other companies basically and he talks about different restaurants helping them out you know they don't do that this is football Sean you know this is completely different 
um, structure. It's a, it's a community. We collaborate. We all want the best for our game. Although we compete against each other, yes, but we're a community at the end of the day. And I think the right thing to do is Premier League clubs to offer some sort of bailout. And I say that with a caveat with probably EFL clubs having to have some sort of repayment scheme when things return back to normal. Um, and if they don't pay back, they get dot points or say that there's future punishments. Um, but, you know, dice to compare it to restaurants. I mean, I don't go into my local ZZ's, have a good pizza and then run around the restaurant with my shirt off celebrating. Yeah, but you know, I, so... uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's why. I no one needs to see that. Like, no one needs <laughs> exactly. To see that. But that's what my point is. It's just, it's just a completely different, different industry. And, um, yeah, I, I think Daesh, for someone that has played in the EFL, um, built his career there to say something like that was, um, was disappointing. It's a strange business, football, isn't it? I mean, obviously, I mean, Aaron, you you, you see it, you see the the EFL professionally. Mm. You go everywhere, um, and you see it from the Premier League perspective. Um, I, I think what 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 isn't there, and I, the question is really whether should it be there or not? Because I mean, Sean Dyche's quote actually sums up a a what you might call a political position in a sense. Um, which people are entitled to to hold because what he's saying is if the Premier League can do their bit to enhance the chances the chances of other teams surviving, possibly they might, they they may step in. But does that mean every hedge fund manager is incredibly successful? Does that i.e. filter down to other hedge fund managers who are not so successful? Does it then goes on? Does, does do successful restaurants have a duty to support less Which is your point, Mike? Less successful yeah. ones. Um, he says you can't measure football on its own. There are lots of businesses out there that are making huge sums of money who could therefore protect business in their line of work. Now, that's, I think that's regarding football as a business like, um, you know, we, like Sainsbury's. Does Sainsbury's have a duty to help you corner store? No, it doesn't. It's not that mm. kind of business. What is missing, in my opinion, although some would say my opinion is wrong, is that there's a commonality of interest in. Manchester United having a common interest with Macclesfield, mm. um, Liverpool with um, I can't think of another or I don't know. You know the idea that football has a whole, um, and the interests at the top are the interests of those at the bottom. The problem is, of course, that the people that would run Liverpool or, or Manchester City would see absolutely no connection between them and Welling United or Millwall or. Um, you know, mm. whoever you like. In fact, they see it quite the opposite. And I think that's the problem. I think there's no... The the, the people with the money who are at the very top of the game, I, I don't include Burnley. Burnley are on a, on a, at the moment on a, on a good, having a good time, but I can remember Burnley in division, uh, third divisions, I think, of at League Two. They're about to be bought out, by the way. Yeah, and Sean Dyche yeah. has not come from the glittering aristocrats of AC Milan or uh, Real Madrid. He's come from Chesterfield and he's played at Watford and and, and Millwall and, and you know Bristol. I think he played at. This 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 is a this seems to me to be a very short sighted attitude, but it's a it's a real attitude. It's a real opinion, um, and it comes down to this idea that you let the jungle rule, don't you? You know that the survival of the fittest, the weakest will perish, and there should be a leaner, fitter industry at the top. 
Yeah. Ultimately, though, if if a lot of EFL clubs, let's say, do go bust, let's not forget that there's so many Premier League players who made their name at lower league EFL clubs, um, yeah. you know, whether it be on a loan deal or whether it be just, you know, kind of rising through the ranks. So, you know, if you say that all disappears, it will have a profound effect on, you know, essentially uh, some losing out on some great players who just we never knew existed because they never got the opportunity. So, there's just so many points like that that yeah, the Premier League clubs need to have a think about. I mean, there's a good, uh, I, I want to quote Phil Clark from, from Twitter. It's a really good um, conversation on Twitter the other day, which I won't read all of it out. But there's this one, this line here, I thought got to the heart of it because Phil understands the sentiment of asking the Premier League to create a bailout fund to support the 72 EFL clubs and possibly National League. We don't know where that's going to go. But Phil says it's the government that's taken away the EFL's business by imposing stadium restrictions, not the Premier League. Um, and he, it, Phil thinks it's wrong of the government, therefore, to pressure the Premier League to bail out an industry that they, the government, are crippling. Um, and his, his point is, when Virgin are in trouble, uh, does the government demand EasyJet helps them out? No, no, they don't, because it's a different kind of business. And, you know... That's a, that's a very fair point. That it's the government and their coronavirus restrictions imposed at the last minute, like the ten o'clock, um, you know, imposition for pubs that we were talking about off air, Mike. It's it's that that's that's crippling and possibly going to kill a large slice of the football business um, because I think we are talking about um, days, weeks now. When we're not talking about months away, I think that some clubs are just not going to survive. <laughs> you know, for very much longer uh, with these non, uh, you know, no, no, no spectator restrictions in place. Mm. Yeah. Premier League clubs just keep ploughing money in on transfers, boys, ploughing it in. 60 millions, yeah. you know, I, I don't, I don't begrudge Liverpool or Manchester United the right to go make a 90 million pound bid, I think I saw for Jaden Sancho, Borussia Dortmund. The, the player commands his own worth and I, I've got every, you know, he has every right to, to get what he's worth and, and, and businesses with the money have the right to spend what they can, but they, they, it's this short sightedness. I just can't get my thought process around the, the, the limited view of the world where all that matters is, is one twenty team league and, and nothing else beyond it matters because that's what you're really dealing with at the moment. Where will it end? I, I, I don't know. It's hard to see there being much good news. It's, it's a depressing subject. Actually, I find it quite, mm. Um, I don't know, it, it erodes the spirit, Mike, somehow, doesn't it? It doesn't leave you feeling very joyful afterwards, but it's hard to see a happy ending at the moment. Yeah, it's horrendous. I, I truly think that something will happen. I, I just can't see whoever's responsibility it is, whether it's the government or <clears throat> the Premier League, to start to see clubs go bust. I mean, Macclesfield is obviously the, the recent one, but, you know, if we start to see a few other clubs starting to fold, I mean, surely there's got to be some sort of crisis emergency meeting. But wh why not have that meeting now and get it sorted? Why, why wait for a few clubs to go under and then everyone thinking, Jesus, you know, we, we can't even continue, say, League Two at the moment because there's not enough clubs in it. I mean, yeah, just... Um, Again, it is depressing. It is very depressing, Nick. Um, I've seen, you know, criticism of, of obviously the, the the big money players, and they're probably easy targets in a way. The Premier League and it's yeah, they are. and it's great and it's good. Are you know, and then the you know the, the the teams that are looking at 30, 40, 50 million pound transfers, they're easy 
um, Aunt Sally's that you can take a, for, a, for a wet sponge at because they, that's, that's in front of you. But one of the interesting um, bodies that you don't hear much about is the Professional Footballers Association, the, the trade union for footballs, professional footballers, which, um, and the question has been posed, I think it was Martin Samuel, I think. Well, I might have just put two quotes next to each other. I don't know if it was one or not. Oh, it's The Athletic, sorry. It's from my, my, my subscription listeners to The Athletic. Um, criticising the PFA, which um, is saying it has a perceived underuse of its own cash reserves, which were 55 million in, in March and have now risen to um, 63 million in cash in their, in their bank account, according to the Daily Telegraph. Um, now, you know, obviously they need money to function and they need to have reserves because every organisation needs to plan for their future. But with their members, their trade union members, the professional footballers of all of the 72 clubs looking at a very bleak period ahead, and your union has, is sitting on 60 million quid, <laughs> you know, you, mm. it, it does beg the question, well, what, what are they doing? Um, they might mm. be doing a lot. I don't know. I, I, I don't get a sense that they are. They, I know their, their chief exec is Gordon Taylor, um, and I don't begrudge anyone their wage. I think you, you should get what, you, what you're worth in this world. But... You know, there's something wrong when your trade union is sitting on a load of cash and, you know, players at, um, you know, at the small clubs in League Two are staring down the barrel of not being paid. I, I find it weird. It, it, yeah, I mean, just from that quote, yeah, it just doesn't feel like the PFA are abs- actually representing their members by protecting their interests, does it? I think that's just the crazy thing. I mean, how... How many million quid do you need for the PFA to function? Why, why are they sitting on that amount of money? You know, do they need, could they, even if they just had five million pounds in the bank, surely that would be enough. I, I don't understand why you wouldn't invest some of that money in somewhere. Um, who knows, something like that could happen. But it, it's certainly quite a shocking um, quote, isn't it, Nick? Um, it, it makes you wonder. 63 what the hell million are they reserves, doing? according to yeah. David Telegraph. And, you know, a trade union is there to protect the interests of its members and to work with the employers to produce the best possible outcome for its members. That's the point of a trade union. Um, and one, there's a, one in the athletic article, it says that, um, yeah, that, you know, one of the problems there are too many football players and not enough openings, not enough clubs. Well, it's going to be still less clubs <laughs> if this thing plays mm-hmm. out. Um, I don't know. I, I I might be reading this in a very superficial way, and I'd, I'd love to hear from anyone out there if they've got a different take on the PFA. And then it's you know I know it does do a lot of good in the game. It helps a lot of players in financial terms. But the industry is collapsing. You can argue about the rights and wrongs of the Premier League and any duty that they've got in the matter. You can argue about the government, but you have to look at the the players themselves and their, their representative body, which is the PFA. What, what, mm. what is it doing? I don't know. Maybe that's not, maybe that's a story yet to come out. Maybe they'll come around the corner like the US Cavalry or something to save us, you know. Can we have something a bit more lighthearted now? Sure. <laughs> yeah, this is Go true, on then. It? Yeah, it's true. No, it is. I'm Should sorry. we have the Ak The Ak Tungaka. Let's roll that jingle. The Ak Roll the track. Oh, the Achtung Acker. Ronda Ridden Mike, Mike, this is Mike. Oh, dear. Mike has set up a spreadsheet. He's a a spreadsheet kind of guy, and he's set up a 
spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> Who's top of the table at the moment of the Akdong Aka prediction uh, bets? It is, it is a Mr. Dale Winton, formerly known as Michael Avery, who so we, we've done four Akdong Akas so far, and uh, Michael has got three correct results, so 75% correct. So do we have um, a, an Akdong tipster on our hands in, in Mr. Avery? We might do. Maybe. So he's done uh, exceptionally well. And, and the so-called football journalist, um, Ryan Lofty Loftus, uh, has got zero correct so far and sits bottom of our, our little table. So um, I hope Ryan's saving up for that round he's going to buy us uh, later Absolutely. in the season. <laughs> Just two, two out of six were correct. I think that was, that was Michael and I think it was Harry. Yeah. Was. Just on a side note, I'll have a point, please, Ryan, of scotch. <laughs> a pint a Irish cream for me, but a pint of it. <laughs> yeah. We'll all have a yard, a yard we'll have a yard of vodka each. <laughs> yeah. So we, we haven't picked up this week's Akdongaka. We've got to do that yet. So we're recording this on the Wednesday. So early, we, bit early. Talk to me about the old uh, the old fantasy league, Nick. How are you getting on? Oh, fantasy football listeners. You know my feelings on the matter, but um I think my, my, my performance is probably... I, I do need to start looking at this team. I'm 63rd at the moment with just 100. I'm, I'm bottom of the, of the Achtung table. I want to shout out to David Lederkramer, Monty Phillips's Lions, who's topping the table. 211 in front of Luke Kyle Walker and Tian Busquets for Andrew Crow. But look who's in fourth, chaps. He, he can't win a mm. pot. My old grandfather <laughs> was a great gambler, Mike, and he would say things to me after Saturday getting beat in... Um, in, in William Hills, I cannot win a fucking pot, Nick. I was only about eight or nine years old. Like, <laughs> I cannot win a pot to piss in. And yeah, look at what look what uh, XG unit Ryan Loftus is doing in the fantasy game. Well, he stayed fourth as well. That's the amazing thing. If you look, everyone else has moved around him, but he is stuck in fourth, mate. He's 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 going to be like the Arsenal. He's going to try and just anchor himself into the top four and just just stay there for for a while. So shout out to the XG unit. Um, just some others: Jim Lavelle, Charlie Windred, uh, Richard Amofa, Craig Jones, and then the Big Bear Brownie Company. What a brownie! What a brownie they make! I tell you, Big Bear Brownie Company. Get on them, trust me. They're banging. Check check out their Insta account. This is the Big Bear Brownie Company. They're really good. And then they, if you have a, uh, I guess probably shouldn't be sexist and say if you have a lady in your life, if you have, if you have a man, a lady, or whatever you have in your life, they will go down a storm. I can guarantee. Yeah, yeah they, they do wedding funerals, bar mitzvahs. Well, mitzvahs, both bar and bat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> go on Instagram. Check out the Big Bear Brownie Company. But doing well in ninth there, Aaron. I think. Nice one. Cheers. I'm having that. But um, yeah, Biscuit Man, Harry, but Bielsa, Bucket Man is 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 um, uh, on top. Look, you're 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 not, you're in seventeenth position there, Mike. Row at your boat. Yeah, row at your boat. Yeah, nice little Millwall pun there. That took me yeah. several days to work <laughs> that name out. Um, yeah, doing all right, doing all right. I've made a few transfers for next week. Um, Anthony Marshall wasn't doing it for me, so and I've uh, I've joined the um, the trend of Calvert Lewin because I think you're a bit stupid if you don't have him in your team at the moment. Uh, no disrespect, Nick, if you don't have him. <laughs> um, but I just worked out to make a transfer, mate. <laughs> that's a start. Yeah, but um, yeah, no, I, I want to get up there a little bit more to be honest. So we'll see. Michael Avery in 41st position. So uh, <laughs> anyway, we'll, we'll come back to that another time. Fantasy football. Yeah, we will. Uh, how many yearbooks you got left? 
Not many. We're down to about 10 or so now. Um, really selling well. So thank you to everybody's ordered. I hope you're liking. If you want one, still get on the, the MSC, uh, the, the millsupportersclub.co.uk forward slash store. There's about 10 left, not many. And I'm going to get them to take it off sale as soon as I'm coming down to the last few. So um, still some available. So get on it if you, if you want one. Thank you to everyone for, for, for supporting it so far. It's sold really well. Achtung, Mehlball. Yeah, uh, Swansea this weekend, gentlemen. Yeah. I watched them on Saturday. Uh, they kicked the shit out of Wickham Wanderers. They, they were, they were very well. They didn't kick the shit out of them. They were just, they just did them up the backside. I mean, Wickham are so bad. Looking like a tough season for Wickham, Aaron. Yes, they will go down as the worst, as the worst side ever to play in the championship. I'm telling you, mm. they were. Fucking horrendous. Um, but Swansea, I mean, Andre, I, what a champagne player to have mm-hmm. in the division. He plays so, so well along that front line. But I think Swansea are in similar position to him. They need an out and out forward. They really, really lack that out and out forward, that bit of presence up top. Um, they really, really need it, chaps. Um, yeah. yeah, they had uh, Re- they had Brewster, didn't they? Rian Brewster, didn't they, last season? It looks like I think he might go to another Premier League side on loan and they've not really replaced him, have they, Aaron? No, I mean, he looks like he's he's off to a £17 million move to Sheffield United, who are pants at the moment. Oh, they're going to sell him, are they? Oh, right. well, yeah, and that's like a buyback. Apparently, Palace wanted him, but uh, Palace refused a buyback clause, which, which Liverpool insisted on because Liverpool actually want him, but they just can't offer him football at the moment. Um I'll tell you what would be a good option then is Harry Wilson. What a good player he is as well. Um, mm. But yeah, Brewster, it seems like, is off to uh, is, is off to, to Sheffield United and to the Premier League. Report on the BBC website to that effect. It's Steve Cooper, a very odd-looking manager. Very odd-looking yeah. manager. I know we shouldn't be appearances. He um, looks like, you know, the imp from Lincoln City's badge? He's a very odd-looking <laughs> logo. Yeah. I'm, glad he, I'm glad he's not our manager. Let's put it that way. He's very, very like, the actual imp, like the imp from the cathedral. Yeah. But he mentions the lack of strike force. I mean, it, it, same as us, you're right, and same as probably any team with aspirations to, to get higher in a championship. It's, it's, it's a conundrum that's got to be solved for them. They're also unbeaten coming into, into mm. the game Saturday. I think they're a couple of places above us. So something's got to give, as they say, on Saturday. Yeah, we won there last season, of course, 1-0. I think that Jed Wallace free kick, if we I did. recall. Um, but they're, they're a bit like Brentford in a way where they're going to try and play a bit of football um, and they're going to try and win the game. So with our counter-attacking away from home, it uh, could play into our hands. So it's going to be an interesting one. Um, I certainly wouldn't write us off for of, uh, getting a result there. It was a great performance. I went down there. It was a away game I went to mm. last season. Great away showing down there um a kind of a rainy day in swansea and to come away with a 1-0 win was um a, a, you know on a cold day it's what you miss it's what it's what going back to the you know the loss of spectating um you miss those kinds of days grim rainy day in swansea you nick a 1-0 away win for a great jed wallace uh, free kick that's what you're missing it's it's tough and hard there we are yeah. Uh, any other business, gentlemen? Any other business? Just to just to give a shout out to the club's loyalty scheme. Um, that the club is desperate. We've touched on it already. I'm going to go over all that again. But loyalty scheme has been announced on the official site, and also log on, pay your tenner, watch the iFollow. I know it's not like going to Swansea on a on a you know on a, on a big away day, but 
a club needs income it needs needs money come into it otherwise like the song says listeners you don't know what you've got till it's gone so log on um check out what the club's trying to do to get money flowing back to the club it's massively massively important yes uh yes indeed gentlemen uh time for some predos uh swansea uh the uh well swansea the host on saturday swansea versus Millwall, um, of course, the club I'm beating in the league so far. It's a three o'clock kickoff at the Liberty. Um, chaps, how's it going to go? Swansea City nil, Millwall one. I like how you're doing it properly as well, Nick. I love that. It's only taken a fucking like two years, but yeah, you're doing it properly. Bradshaw. It's on Bradshaw to get there. <laughs> uh, yeah, for me, I will match you on that, Nick. Actually, I will do it properly as well. Swansea City nil, Millwall one um i don't know who's gonna score though but uh yeah who, who yeah bradshaw will be nice bradshaw will be nice just imagine when you're doing these predictions that you're filling in like, form oh, so like yeah. something you know like you know like a v you know like a document for a car or my covid app i've got to fill something in on there or something you know, you know like, <laughs> like that you know like you've got to fill it all in in block oh, caps right, to imagine it what are you predicting aaron uh i'm going to swansea city uh one millwall one. I'm going for the draw. Going for the draw. Good stuff. Good We're time. going for the draw. Uh, thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Appreciate your time as ever. Um, yeah, keep safe. Whatever you're up to, keep safe. Be good. Be nice. You know, just say really, just be good. Uh, this is the world famous Acton Mill. Until next week. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to Acton Mill. If you enjoyed the show, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a cheeky little review. However, that's you move on. Till next time. For the best Championship, League One and League Two coverage, Acton Moore recommends the Football League paper. It's got it all covered. For the complete EFL picture, get the Football League paper £1.50 every Sunday or visit theleaguepaper.com for a variety of digital subscriptions. The Football League Paper. It's got it covered. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.